0: everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of the joy of being for busy working mums and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy I, your host mom and effortless lifestyle coach marina pearson talk to transformational professionals business owners and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy i Jamie. I'm super excited to have you on here today on The Joy of Being. Gosh, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be. In fact, it's been such an incredible journey since the beginning of, yeah, coming across the understanding that you and I both share. And I'm super excited to be interviewing you today about not only your book results that the second part of it, a little book of results that's just come out, but also your take on what it takes to create effortless results and results that really matter to you. So welcome, Jamie. It's so wonderful to have you here.
1: Well, it's really nice to be here with you. And it's been wonderful too, just to see how you've managed to, you know, take what you've heard and what's made a difference to you and then live and create the kind of life that you want to be be living. So yeah, great to be here with you.
0: Yeah, it's been quite the journey. So I'm really curious actually about results. You know, I often get clients that come to me and say, I want to get this result, but I, I'm struggling to get it and I don't know what to do and I really want that result and I can't seem to get that result. And, you know, for the women that our moms are mums listening, you know, this podcast is all about being able to create and live from a place of joy. And so I'm curious, seeing as you are the expert on results, how can we create those results uh, that me that matter something to us without the struggle, without the, without a lot of sighing and panting. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it depends on it
1: depends on the kind of results. First of all, sometimes the re- results we want to create are very practical things, like I want to you know get a new job or that sort of thing. But all too often we find that we've got the result, but then we've got the kind of the result behind the result. So like it's like. Oh, well, I want to get a new job. Oh, well, why do you want to do that? Because then I'll feel fulfilled. It's like, ah, okay. So often the thing that kind of gets in the way for people is not being crystal clear about what it is they're actually setting out to accomplish. And what I find is a lot of times when, when someone has a result they want to create, if they're clear about that, if they've got clarity about the result they want to create and what it can do for them and what what it can't do for them, then often the creating of it is relatively straightforward. And so what I often find is that what stops people or what slows people down or makes it more difficult sometimes for them to get the results that they want is they're confused about a bunch of stuff to do with it. Like they're confused about where they're Experience is coming from. They're confused about what can and can't hurt them, what is and isn't dangerous, all that sort of stuff. And so, my my own experience is that the the key to creating whatever results you want to create in your life is. This sounds simplistic, but the, the key is is kind of getting out of your own way. That's that seems to be the key. Like I mean, here is the thing: some results. Or much more complex endeavors result requiring more time and, you know, more people or or whatever it might be. But at the level of principle, you know, that people have created all kinds of amazing and extraordinary results through history. Like people can do incredible things. And we all can, especially when we're not tying our own true laces together.
0: So there's so much in that. And I just want to unpack a little bit of it because there may be listeners that don't know or understand what it means to get in your own way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you unpack that, Jamie?
1: Yeah, sure. What I'm referring to, so so for instance, I remember many years ago, uh, what I what I wanted was to have freedom. I wanted to have my company running standalone so I could go around the world and go on adventures and all that sort of stuff. What I wanted was freedom, but I thought that freedom was something that came from my circumstances when actually the experience of freedom comes from within. So I was looking in the wrong place for it. And so so your question was, how do people get in their own way? The main way I see people. Getting in their own way is believing that their experience comes from somewhere it doesn't. So, let me give you a very practical example. I was coaching someone a while back, and this was a person who I think she was starting a coaching practice or a coaching business. I was coaching her at a conference, so in front of an audience. And she said, uh, she said Yeah, I'm trying to start my new business. And I'm just really, really scared that it might not work out, and I know I should be positive. I know I, I have to be positive. I know I should say that, but sometimes I feel scared that it's not going to work out. And I go to her, I go, "Oh, it might not work out. It might, it might totally fail. That happens to lots of businesses." And she's looking at me, and she's like, "You're not supposed to say that." I'm like, "Oh no, that's not an issue. the The fact that that it might not work out, that's not an issue." And she's like. It's not. I said, no, and that's not your issue either. She's like, it's not. I'm like, no, the issue is you've been believing that you couldn't handle it if it didn't work out. And you could handle it. You're resilient. You're built for reality. You can handle all kinds of stuff. Because she was so afraid that it wouldn't work out. She was being timid and overcautious and actually delaying doing the things she absolutely needed to do because she was scared she might screw it up, because she was scared she might make a mistake. And the reason she was scared she might screw it up or make a mistake is because she thought that if she did that, she wouldn't be able to cope with it, and she wouldn't be able to handle the whatever it was, the disappointment or the shame or the feeling of failure or whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure you can. Happens all the time. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And it opened something for her. It freed her to to get in the game and go for it and and start playing full out. And to me, that's a simple example of so the issue wasn't that the thing she was setting out to do was impossibly difficult. I mean, starting a business has challenges, no doubt about it, and there's no guarantees. But it's not like that's as difficult as, I don't know, putting someone on the moon or something. Like it's, it's a relatively well understood journey. The, the issue wasn't that the, the result she was setting out to create it was impossibly hard. The issue was that she wasn't allowing the fullness of herself to take part in the endeavor because she was scared it might screw up and she wouldn't be able to handle that. So that's an example of someone getting in their own way. And that's kind of the kind of examples I see in one flavor or another all the time. People kind of either holding themselves back from being fully involved in what they're trying to do and create or or seeking something where it can't be found. I regularly meet people, often very, very successful people. People have created successful in the sense of they've managed to create a lot of cool stuff in the world. And they're like yeah so i started this business and it grew to 10 million but i wasn't happy so i thought that's not it either i must need to build a 100 million dollar business i was like okay well what if are you open to the possibility that happiness and fulfillment and security and freedom and well-being are not actually going to be found out there in the future, out there, in achievements, out there, in accomplishments. Not to say that achievements and accomplishments aren't worth having. I love achieving things. I love accomplishing things. It's just that those things cannot give you a feeling of fulfillment, of security, of well-being, of peace, of happiness, of love. It's just not where that stuff comes from. And so that's the other way that I see people struggle to create results if they're trying to Create them by looking for something where it isn't. Like you can, you can never find something when you're looking where it isn't. It's that's that's just uh, yeah. That that's a truth. I think you can only find things where they are. You can never find things where they aren't.
0: So I love that, Jamie. It's interesting because I I've been on that very similar journey of of having the money, the villa, the partner, the, everything I could possibly ever want, and still not and still feeling like there's something not quite right. But this understanding has really helped with understanding that actually whatever we're seeking isn't outside. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that we can find already inside of us. So in terms of people that do create a result and those that don't, kind of my my head goes to a post you made about a an event that you're running with Michael Neal and Garrett Kramer. And one of the things you said about getting in the game. And I, I really love this and I really wanted to sort of take that conversation in that direction because it is about creating results and getting in the game. So I'm curious when you were talking about getting in the game, what did that mean? What it means to me,
1: and and this is what I'm going to share, this is personal opinion and how it looks to me, rather than pointing to anything that looks like a truth of life for everyone. But it might be, you know, like there's something in this anyway. What getting in the game means to me is Kind of orienting yourself to life in a way where, where I'm kind of saying, "Show me the way." I put myself a life service, or you know, you can think of it as life or God or the you know energy behind, like whatever. You, however, you want to think about it, but it's like going, "Your will, not mine, be done." Like, you know, it, it, show me the way. So putting myself in the service of life, and when I do that. My experiences—the cool things happen, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it's scary, and it often means growing. It's definitely not a way of preserving your comfort zone. But, but to me, it's kind of like if I look at life—you know—I'm looking out the window right now, and there are all trees growing and plants and flowers, and you can, I can see this energy of life like growing things and i and i'm being grown and evolved by the same energy and so are we all and so i'm kind of like yeah show me the way show me the way and that for me is the the essence of kind of yeah creating the things that matter to you here's the thing marina it it requires some courage because often the way they show me the way and i get shown and i'm like can I have a a, a second option? Because that looks scary or hard or uncomfortable or like the thing I've been trying to avoid doing or the thing that people may yell at me for or whatever. But there's a kind of, I don't know, a uh, a willingness to be shown and a willingness to, to grow and see what emerges from that. that I find exciting, like to me as well. I like adventure. I like excitement I like being on the edge of my seat I like not knowing what's gonna happen like I kind of like knowing what's gonna happen but then I like not knowing what's gonna happen as well I like some spontaneity and some chaos and all that sort of stuff so I don't know it 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 resonates with me that that and, and, and another way of uh, putting it would be like a a god centered life rather than a personality centered life or a life centered life rather than an ego centered life or something like that it's about it's kind of uh letting life be the boss, but it's not the same as going with the flow, which doesn't really appeal to me it's 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 more it's more uh scary and full on than that it's more extreme than that
0: That's so would the difference be Oh my God I've gotta go upstream now as opposed to let me just let the water take me downstream
1: yeah, it could well be and and like it could be like I love the idea of effortless everything right like <laughs> I'll take I'll, i will uh, I'll happily go on record as saying I'll take all the effortless I can get, and in my experience sometimes it's like guess what if you want to get this handled, you gotta. Get your teeth into it. Sometimes there's stuff that's hard that he's doing, it, and that I'm okay with that. Like Sometimes the game of creating results is do the hard thing that you don't want to do. <laughs> sometimes it's like figure the thing out that you prefer not to figure out or take the responsibility you've been trying to avoid or whatever. But that's why the kind of show me the way orientation really appeals to me because it's like, well, if that's the right way, that's that kind of, what I found over the years, Marina, is whatever I feel like doing or don't feel like doing isn't the best guide to what the right thing to do is. Sometimes there's things that I don't feel like doing, but it's actually like, that's the thing worth doing. It's like, oh, but I don't want to. It's like, yeah, just go do it. So yeah, to me, that's, uh, like I say, I'll take all the effortless I can get. And sometimes, sometimes it, it's good to have that muscle, which is the grit your teeth and go for it and do the thing, do the thing that you haven't wanted to do sometimes.
0: Yeah. What comes to me though, is, is I guess that's leadership. What I, what I heard and what you said was life, lifing, life, life, you, as opposed to you mm-hmm. attempting to have some sort of control on life. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I still would hope that if I'm, if a pilot's flying a plane, that he's got control of the, flight controls and that sort of thing. But it's it's about, yeah, I like the way you put it, life living you rather than sort of like for me anyway, it's like me asking life to to guide me rather than me telling life what I what it should be offering up for me. Here's the thing. I'm very happy to tell life what I should have or what I need and that sort of thing. Well I've seen again and again and again is I often have no idea what's in my best interests. Like often <laughs> I say, life, I'm, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get this, this, and this. And I get them. I'm like, oh man, that was a terrible idea. And, now, and then life, it, life shows me what it had in store. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a better move. And a really practical way of evaluating that from my perspective is like a, a while back, I, I, I took a chunk of time to just reflect. And I asked myself, As you look back over your life, what are the things that have been game changers? Like, what what are those turning points, those, those moments, those situations, those decisions, those paths that have really profoundly shaped the direction your life has gone? And I looked at it, and there were maybe like seven or eight things. Okay. I'm 52. And there are maybe seven or eight things that were real pivotal, pivotal points in my life. So one of them was being introduced to the principles that you and I both shared. That was pivotal. I had an insight. So I got introduced to them, but I didn't actually see that as pivotal. The thing that was pivotal was an insight I had kind of six months in. But I'm like, oh, wow. like I didn't order that. I didn't I didn't choose that. If you'd have said to me, Jamie, what would you like, I would not have said, well, here's what I'd like. I'd like to realize something, walk away from the field I've spent a decade building a reputation and a company in, start from scratch. I would have said, no, I'll pass on that. That looks like I'll take the, you know, I'll take the option with the Cadillac, please, not the one with walking away from So so that's an example of something I probably wouldn't have chosen. It best One of the best things that's ever happened to me. My ex-wife leaving me in 2004, path of my life changed after that in wonderful ways. Good things. Good things happened. So there are a bunch of those things, like six, seven, eight. Not one of them was something that I'd put in my plans and said, yeah, this is, this is my thing. This is, that's the thing I want. You know what I need? I need to have a messy divorce. That's, that's what I need. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, so, and yeah. So, what I really, really saw was actually that the biggest, most meaningful and profound and important changes that had happened in my life had been things that weren't even on my radar. And so, I assume. Going forward, that the biggest, most important, most meaningful changes that occur for the rest of my life are likely to be things that aren't on my radar either. So what I do is I just make my best, do my best to orient myself towards the things that are on my radar and has to be shown the way and go as full out as I can with
0: it. I love that reflection, Jamie. And you know, you said it so succinctly and so poignantly. And I and I kind of got a glean of this insight too. And it kind of came to me one day where it's like, I called it universal rearrangement. <laughs> it's like the intelligence just rearranges stuff for you. It's almost like life has got this handled for you. There's, there's something else there that you're not doing it all on your own. The little me anyway.
1: Well, you and I both know Jan and Chip Chipman. So the way I think of it is something that I've is a phrase I've heard them use, which really makes sense to me, is your true self. Because yeah. your true self, which is like who you really are. And then there's your personality, right? I mean, we've all got personalities. We've all got egos. We've all got our you know, fears and insecurities and worries and anxieties and our ideas about ourselves and all that. But your true self is before any of that. It's prior to any of that. You're who you really are is the one that's experiencing all of that, is the one that's giving rise to all of that. And it looks to me more and more, Marina, like that's who's running the show. That's who's steering the bus. That's who's organizing and orienting and all that sort of stuff. It's your true self for its own reasons, like for its own purposes, which uh, may, may or may not be evident to me. The, you know, the me of the consciousness and the personality. But funnily enough, when I think about, you know, the work I do with clients, what I'm endeavoring to do is to uh, make a connection with and point in a direction with who they really are. Like I'm trying to have a conversation with, with my client's true self and the personality will be, you know, chattering away about this or that. and It's kind of like, me and your true self, we got an understanding. And it's kind of like that. It's an, an endeavor to get on the same page with who they really are and help kind of allow... It, 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 these, it's tough to put it into words, but to to help create the conditions where who they really are can step even more fully into their consciousness and their life.
0: So one of the things that's made sense to you is obviously to write... This little book of results. That's just an example of life, lifing through you. And, you know, a creative endeavor, any creative endeavor, I guess, like this podcast or the, you know, creative ideas you have, uh, any of us have really. And I'm curious about the book because I read results and I loved it. And kind of the big aha I got right at the end, which is usually how it works with you, (laughs) is that we're built for results. And so I'm curious about this little book now. It's an updated version of your initial book, which was results. And I know you've also written Clarity and Little Book of Clarity. So I'm curious about the book and I'm sure people that are listening in will also be curious about it. So tell us a little bit about the why behind the book and sort of what you found by writing the book. Like, what did you find out about results? And yeah, well, I'll let you speak now.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, so, uh, so. The first book, Results, was very well received. It became a Sunday Times bestseller. It was, it was kind of a tome. It was a, big, it was a big book. And as usual, got loads of five-star reviews with people saying, oh, I loved it. It's changed my life. And loads of one-star reviews saying, terrible, terrible book. <laughs> too confusing. Too simplistic. Uh, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Contradictions. Uh, yeah, yeah but
1: i knew like the the whole nature of the book results is is speaking to the fact that we're living at a time of unprecedented social and industrial and technological change we're living through this extraordinary information revolution which is really just starting to gather pace now like the what we've seen over the last 50 years is nothing compared to what's coming like it's going to be off the wall and what i've noticed is that like if if clarity was about the idea that when you've got nothing on your mind you're free to give your best you know that the the power of what you've got going for you results is about okay well how do you make things happen in the world how do you make things happen and so I knew once once results had been a Sunday Times bestseller, I was like, okay, well, there's no doubt that it's going to make sense to do a little book of results. And what I challenged myself to do was to boil it down to the the absolute minimum set of stuff that someone could read about and learn and still get results. Like, what's the? So I wanted to create pocket-sized. It's it's about two-thirds of the size of the original book. It's got a lot of the typos cleaned up. And, and I just wanted to boil it down to what's the minimum viable product, you could say, that will still help people get results. And, and so that's that's what I've done. And, and if anything, the need has grown even more urgent in the 18 months since Results was published because over the last 18 months, we've seen... All kinds of news articles about mental health, about young people and social media and the impact it's having in terms of stress and anxiety. We've seen many of the things I was talking about as future things in results, like jobs being outsourced to, to computers and that sort of thing. We've seen a bunch of that stuff happening, and so it's, it's gathering pace. So, so it seems, if anything, even more important that this book reaches people But the book itself, the thing I kind of like about about it particularly is it's structured in a way that you'll be familiar with having gone through my programs, which is where we start is with your mindset, is your grounding. So your psychology is the thing you've got going for you that you're going to be drawing on to create whatever results you want to create. So the first part of the book is all about your psychology. And it's it's about meeting the, the results creator that you were born being. Because, you know, all of us, before we even knew what the word results meant, we had learned to walk, we'd learned to stand up, we'd learned to talk. And we'd done all of that without anyone, you know, sending us to walking school or anything like that. So my, my fundamental assertion is you're born a results creator. You're born a results creator. Everyone listening to this, everyone reading the book is born a results creator. And the issue isn't that people don't know how to create results. We do. The issue is we got taught a bunch of other stuff that's not true. There's some stuff getting in the way. So the first part of the book is about that. It's about how do you clear that stuff out of the way to kind of release the Results creator that you were born being, so that's the first thing. Your innate capacity for creating results. And the second part of the book, it's all about other people. It's about impact. It's about connection. It's about it's about relationships and making a difference to others. Ultimately, that's what we're all here doing we're here in connection with people we're in relationship with people and any of us are getting who are getting paid for what we do whether that's in a job or doing your own business or anything else the thing you get paid for is the difference you make to other people it's what everyone gets paid for and so that's what the second part of the book is about it's about how does that work how do you make a difference to other people and then the third book is the third part of the book is all about okay how do you look at the domain of livelihood and leverage because we live at a time when we have, you know, if you stop and think about it for a moment, we've got these, you know, smartphones and computers and, you know, Facebook Live and Snapchat, Instagram, and all these different things that give us an unprecedented level of ability to reach people, to connect with people, to make a difference to people. It's extraordinary. Like we have in our hands and in our handbags and in our pockets. We've got power that even 50 years ago was reserved for captains of industry, kings and queens, leaders of countries. Now, if 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 I want to find something out, I use the same free tool, Google, as Donald Trump does, or as Beyoncé does, or as Theresa May does, or as the king of Sweden does it's been democratized there are podcasters you know we're doing a podcast there are podcasters who have audiences bigger than CNN okay so we have an unpre- and the gatekeepers have been removed so we as individuals each one of us has a level of media power, you could say, and other kinds of power that used, or at least the potential for it, that used to be available only to a, a small select few. So there's this incredible set of opportunities available to us. And most people won't take advantage of them. Most people won't do what they're passionate about doing or create what they're inspired to create because they'll, they'll be freaked out or they'll be scared or they'll be scared that they couldn't handle it if it didn't work or all that sort of stuff. So the book's really just about, okay, here's how you can create what you want to create. And we take it in those three parts.
0: Well, if someone's listening in and they want to know, okay, I've been attempting to get this result for ages and it just doesn't seem to be working. Should I just give up?
1: Oh, oh, well, give me an give me an, a working example. Like some, get, let's create a hypothetical because I you know the people who are listening to your podcast better than I do. So I don't know.
0: That. So, um, they've been attempting to get a result. Like I don't know, um, go from a hundred thousand to a million, or a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand, or just to expand their business, for example. Okay, as 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 an example, could be very many other things, but. That's the one that comes to mind. And they've been attempting to do this for ages and it just doesn't seem to be working out. And they're having real trouble in scaling the business and they just can't seem to make it work. And I mean, I know there are probably lots of reasons why, you know, you could say that you just can't find the right people to get in the business. They haven't found the right formula, so forth and so on. But I'm curious, as an example, someone's setting out something to do and it's just like, maybe this is just not for me. Maybe I should just ditch all of this idea and just go off and do something else because I've been at this now for a really long time.
1: Well, that's a great example. I mean, with with anything like that, when I'm when I'm working with businesses, I tend to start with the really practical stuff. Like if someone wants to go from a hundred grand to five hundred grand, so that's five times in their business. It's like, okay, so what's that five hundred grand going to be made up of? What's, what? like, are you going to sell the same things you're selling 100 grand's worth to, but to five times as many people? Or are you going to create new products for the same people and get them to buy more? So I'd start, at, here's the funny thing, I'd start at that end of the telescope just to get my practical understanding of what's going on. What are you up? To like just see what the practical stuff is because I've seen a lot of times, Marina, people are trying to scale, but they're not actually thinking about okay, well, what's that actually going to mean? What's it going to mean in terms of who's receiving, who's receiving the services, who are we making a difference to that sort of thing? But then the other thing I'd I'd be wanting to know is why? Why do you want to do that? Like what what's that going to give you that you wouldn't otherwise have? Now sometimes people will have very clear specific answers to that and they'll make sense. Other times they'll have very clear specific answers to it and it'll sound bonkers to me. I'll give you an example. I was working with a group, this is years ago. I'm going around the group and I used to, when I was, I, I I used to go around the room and ask people, you know, what do you want? What have you come for? So this is a group with I don't know a dozen people or something. So I'm going around the room and this guy, I can still see him in my mind's eye. He said, you know, what 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 do you want? What would you love to have happen? He said, well, what I want is to have 2.1 million pounds in the bank. I was like, <laughs> I, said, I, said, that's I, said, that's I said, that's what I said. I said, that's a very specific number. What do you want to spend it on? Because yeah. like, I, I imagined in my head, there's something that he wanted to buy that had a 2.1 million pound price tag. Once he had <laughs> 2.1 in the bank, or maybe it had a, a 200 million pound price, price tag and he just needed to provide the deposit. I don't know. But I was was curious. I'm like, what are you going to spend it on? He said, oh, nothing. I said, well, why do you want it? He said, well, I I have calculated that that's the amount of money I have to have in the bank before I can feel secure. I said to him, oh man, accumulate however much money you want. That's your business. I said, but there's not enough money in the world to make you feel secure because That's not where security comes from. You know, I saw a a newspaper headline. It was from Jack Ma, who runs Alibaba. He's the wealthiest man in China, multi-multi-billionaire. In this article, he said he was much happier when he had no money. Now, it looks to me like there's no relationship between money and happiness. You'll meet. Poor people who are happy and poor people who are miserable. You'll meet rich people who are happy and rich people who are miserable. Feelings of security only come from within. They can't come from money. And so for that guy, his attempts to gain security, a feeling of security, by accumulating cash, they were kind of a fool's errand. Again, nothing wrong with accumulating cash. Go for it. Fill your boots. Do whatever makes sense to you. But believing that you can create a sense of security through doing that, that's a misunderstanding. That's a mistake. Now, here's the funny thing. Someone listening might go, well, hang on a second, Jamie. I was really, really worried. And then I got a tax rebate and I had 20000 more than I thought I had. And then I didn't feel worried. Are you telling me that didn't come from the money? I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm telling. You. I'm saying that you were really, really worried. And it seemed like those feelings of worry were coming from lack of money. And then you got a windfall and you stopped feeling worried. And it seemed like the relief of those feelings of worry came from the windfall. But the whole thing was a misunderstanding in the first place. You're always living in the feeling of your own psychology. You're feeling thought in the mood, in the moment. You're feeling the perceptual lens that you're looking out at life through not that you're even looking at life, like you're feeling the totality of the process of the painting of life that you're doing that's what you're feeling and that's what we're all feeling and that's what i'm feeling right now and then we attribute it to the content you know we attribute it to the money or to the past or to the future or the partner or the waist size or the whatever. But we're always living in the feeling of thought and nothing else.
0: I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, actually, because what I really heard was that by thinking that something, a result's gonna give you a feeling, it's gonna be more difficult to create it because there's a lot of.
1: Well, maybe, maybe not. Let me
0: sharpen that up a little bit. Yeah,
1: could you? Like I've seen countless people being driven to create a result that they thought would give them a feeling. And then each time they created it, it didn't work and they've just gone on to the next thing. And I've seen some very creative people create a lot of cool shit in the misguided search for a feeling that never showed up at the end of that particular rainbow. So I've seen that happen. I've also seen the opposite happen, where someone never quite gets there, never quite manages to create it because on some level they know they can't give them what can only come from within. So I've seen people struggle or get in their own way, tie their shoelaces together, that sort of thing, rather than achieve the thing that will reveal to them that that's not it either. And again, I've got no judgment on whatever results people want to create. Create whatever you want to create, but there's nothing you can create that's going to give you a feeling. Because every feeling you're ever going to experience is going to come
0: from within so you've said this expression twice already, and I'm curious, when you say tying your own shoelaces, <laughs> what do you mean exactly, Jamie?
1: Well, exactly. I mean literally <laughs> taking your shoelaces and tying them together it makes it very hard to walk. But <laughs> metaphorically, what I mean is doing things that – or believing – it's less doing things, it's more believing things that make it difficult to – have what you want. So I'll give you a, give you a great example. I was we, every year we do a life transformation retreat in the Canaries. We've got one coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about it. And I was talking with a client a year or two ago during that retreat, and this this client, what I noticed happening again and again and again is they had this wonderful capacity to very very readily e- and easily fall into a Deep and beautiful feeling of connection and well being. Like with this particular person, it was so close to the surface that they would like just drop into the moment and so they would fall completely present and in this beautiful feeling. And it would happen like that. It would happen so easily. But then I would see something extraordinary happen. They'd fall. And this is someone who had been seeking for many years. Okay. I'll be happy when and looking and looking. And, and they would fall into this feeling of peace and well-being for about three seconds. And then they would jump back out of it and try running away. They would start telling stories. They would do anything but hang out in that quiet, peaceful feeling. Now here's the thing with this particular client, that quiet, peaceful feeling was something they'd been searching for for years, for decades. And it had cost them, that search had cost them mightily. It had cost them in terms of their health because, you know, like so many of us do, they'd searched in some pretty rough places for it as well. And, and I said, finally said to them, I said, look, here's what I notice. I said, it's sort of like you're someone who's in the line outside of a nightclub. And you're waiting to get into the nightclub and you're telling everyone how great it's going to be and you're really excited about it. You're really looking forward to getting there, really looking forward to it. And you're, you're delighted about it and you're talking to the other people and that sort of thing. And finally, after all this time, they let you in and you get into the nightclub and it's even better than you imagined. And the music's incredible and the drinks are delicious and it's just amazing. And you feel so great. And then after five seconds, you go running out the fire escape and get to the back of the line and start talking to everyone about how great it is and how much you're looking forward to being in it and everything like that. And, and, and I said to him, I said, you're really, really. Used to searching for what you want, but you're not so used to having it. And so, my challenge to you is to increase your tolerance for enjoying your life, increase your tolerance for feeling good right now, increase your willingness to have what you want right now rather than wait another minute or another day or another week or another year. And I see so many people doing that, that they've got so used to searching or struggling or seeking or trying or waiting, that when what they've actually been looking for shows up, they run away. They run away. And so uh, a big part of my job when I'm working with clients, Marina, is when I notice them starting to have what they've been looking for and then i see them start to run for the door and <laughs> grab them by the scruff of the neck and i go not so fast <laughs> stay and just learn for yourself what it feels like to remember that you're okay that you already have what you've been looking for that you already are what you've been looking for just give yourself time to remember what that's like just give yourself Give yourself the gift of remembering who you really are.
0: This seems like a beautiful time to just (laughs) stop.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Marina.
0: So if someone wants to contact you or wants to read your books, how can they do that, Jamie?
1: So the books are easy. They're on Amazon, Jamie Smart, Clarity, Little Book of Clarity, Results, Little Book of Results. Uh, You can also find me at jamiesmart.com. is my website and then on all the social platforms i'm at jamiesmart.com so it's the same as the website but without the dot so jamiesmart.com or at jamiesmart.com on twitter youtube snapchat instagram facebook etc
0: cool well thank you so much for this jamie it was so much fun to have you on the show and like always deeply satisfying
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks that. that was lovely
0: You have this effect.
1: So
0: thank you. And for everybody that's listening, until the next time, bye for now. And there you have it, another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life, and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst scorecard at www.MarinaPearson.com scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.